2: Phil Mackey. He's pretty irreplaceable for us. He does a lot of things that go unnoticed. Judd Zolgad.
3: Such a good dude. I have the utmost respect for him.
2: Mackey
1: and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Bikes to the Super Bowl, bikes to the Super Bowl, bikes to the Super Bowl. Can Judd will be uh, Zen like regardless. I have a hard time believing that you will be Zen like if they, if they lose the Super Bowl, telling people to. Hey, everything's fine. You're going to well, be back the next year. Everything's fine. No, I'm not
4: saying that you'll be back. I'm just saying that I think there will be, if, unless they lose in, and they might, in, in devastating Viking fashion, I think there will be a lot of this fan base saying, at least we finally made the game.
1: Um, I would say it's probably a 70-30 split based on emails, Twitter, and phone calls. 70% of people are sort of siding with, with me. And, of course, it's my timeline, so people are probably more likely to side with me in my timeline. But email from Jeffrey I absolutely agree with Mackey. The time to win the Super Bowl is now. We are good enough, smart enough, and gosh darn it, people like us. But seriously, not getting and subsequently winning the Super Bowl would be nothing but heartbreak. Not only is getting to the big game a once every two decades occurrence. It doesn't I mean, doesn't need to be. I mean uh it doesn't have to be a more once than every that. two decades. Yep. Uh we have the damn game in our stadium. We have a we have a GD miracle play to keep us alive. There won't be another opportunity like this for another lifetime. Let's get it. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we get to more of your reactions. We'll keep phone lines open.
2: The poll, up by the way, too, right now, oh. 77% say win or bust. So all just, or nothing. Just yeah. 23 saying getting there is good enough.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's you know, okay. So 70-30, 80-20 sort of split. All right, I got some Vikings over-unders for you, gentlemen. Some prop bets. Let's some go. Some various items looping in the NFL on one of these two. But let's start with this one. Let's just go with a classic over-under. The 38 and a half over-under number for the game itself, Vikings and Eagles. That's a pretty low over-under. Most games regular season are a low over-under would be like 40, 40 and a half. Some of the higher scoring projected games might get up to like 50, 52 over and a half. Mm -hmm. This is a 38 and a half over-under. Will it be over or under the, the total score? It's supposed to be. I think it's
4: supposed to be weather-wise. I saw around 50 degrees in Philadelphia, but the turf is not in great shape. We saw a bunch of players slipping and sliding uh, in the playoff game when the Eagles played the Falcons last week. You're dealing with two very good defenses here, and uh, and certainly at least one coach who emphasizes um, most things on that side of the ball. I will go under. I will go very. I will go very low-scoring game uh that given the strengths of these two teams actually does drive that uh, that to be an under
2: David? i am going to agree with you positive thinking vikings fan here i think the vikings get to around 20 maybe in the low 20s but if the defense plays like they're capable they can easily hold I mean, not easily but they can definitely hold the eagles under 10. yeah i mean i i'm, I'm
1: gonna take the under as well and we'll have more. We're gonna have our our picks on Friday and write that down. But so I, I'm I'm not gonna go all in on a prediction yet. But put it this way, the Eagles with Nick Foles, and now they sat. They played Nick Foles for a couple series in that Dallas game, but the rest of the offense got blanked at home. So they played the last month at home, and they've scored 15 points max. So it's like 15, maybe it was 19 and one. They haven't scored 20 at home with Nick Foles. Uh, I believe it was actually 10 points and 15 points and zero points the last three games. They scored like four touchdowns with him the first game he took over for uh, for Carson Wentz, but that was against the Giants, and the Giants are, you know, second overall pick. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take the under on this. Under 38 and a half. I don't know, like a first team to 20 wins the game, and even if you do the math on that, 20 to 17, right. that that that's under 38 and a half. So all right, here's a fun one for you guys. Rank the remaining quarterbacks left in the playoffs, but I'm going to include backups. Include backups, Brian Hoyer, Sam Bradford, and Teddy Bridgewater. So I'm going to give you seven quarterbacks to rank one through seven. We all know Tom Brady's number one. We think, right? Tom Brady, Case Keenum, Blake Bortles, Nick Foles are the starters. Mm -hmm. And just to make it fun, Hoyer, Bradford, and Teddy Bridgewater as well. How would you rank? the? I'll give you guys my rankings while you think about this. Mm -hmm. All right? Mm -hmm. Tom Brady, number one. I think Case Keenum is number two. Mm -hmm. Sam Bradford, for me, is number three. So the Vikings have two of the three best quarterbacks (laughs) remaining in the playoffs. They can only play one at a time. Well, I guess they could put Bradford out there. Uh, Nick Foles, number four. Rusty Teddy Bridgewater, five. Brian Hoyer, six. And Blake Bortles, I'm putting seventh among that bunch. So Brady, Keenum, Bradford, Foles, Rusty Teddy. That sounds inappropriate. Hoyer and Bortles, 1
2: through 7. Top of my list very similar to yours. Brady, Keenum, Sam. I put Foles 4, Yep. Hoyer 5, Bortles 6, and Teddy 7. This isn't played in two years. Just because it's, its <laughs> as you said, Rusty Teddy. And we saw what he looked that does like. Sound, and, that does sound really bad. It sounds yeah. pretty dirty. It sounds yeah. really, Let's really bad. Rusty Teddy? Yeah. <laughs> Oh my God, no. No.
1: <laughs> and, and this is literally going if they had to play on dictionary. I have nothing I can
4: say from that. Let's type that in and see say. what comes up.
1: Rusty Teddy. All right. All right. How would you rank them, Judd?
4: Um, I would say the only difference from what uh, Harrigan just listed for me would be I would put Bortles five. So I would go Brady, Keenum, Bradford, Foles, Bortles, Hoyer, and Teddy. So, okay, do it again. Brady. Brady one, Keenum two. Bradford three. So We
1: all have the Vikings with two of the three best quarterbacks remaining in the playoffs. Well, the I can't. Playoffs. I
4: can't put Foles above Bradford.
1: No, I, I agree.
4: And and the and I I will say this. I'll put the one thing. The one difference for me is I will put Bortles, Hoyer, Teddy. I would take. I would actually, if I if I had to gun to the head, I would start Bortles before Hoyer
1: right now. Boy.
4: I mean, Hoyer's I think, there because
1: Hoyer's better. I, I mean, he's it's employed because hairs, he's but... Brady's friend. Yeah, but he had a he had one really good year with the Texans a couple I know, but years that was ago. A while ago. So if you give him a good defense, I'm, I'm putting an active quarterback above I, him. I right think now. the biggest indictment of Bortles is like your defense, your defense. Well, now they they gave up 42 to the Steelers in a back and forth game, so uh, so they did have to score. But you've got a running game, you've got some weapons, you got defense, not, and you can barely remain the starter. I'm That's not so saying I like
4: him. I'm just saying that if if you are having me rank them, I put him above. Boyer. and Teddy Teddy could jump a, a lot of guys on this list but it's been two years
1: I mean Teddy at some point could jump as high as two on this yeah. list if you know if he you were just don't to come know. back and uh, and get healthy all right percent chance today right now the Vikings have to win the Super Bowl how many times out of a hundred what percent chance from this point forward with four teams left mm. Eagles and then whoever comes out of the AFC percent chance Vikings win the
2: Super Bowl David do you want to go first this time I have to do some quick math. I give the Eagles almost zero chance. That's dangerous. I the Eagles-Jaguars-Super Bowl would be oh, it's the not, worst. It's a nightmare. The worst. It's in fact, you
1: know nightmare. what? Here's the thing. You should root for the Jaguars to win the first game. Not necessarily because well, like you, know, you want that matchup, but because the NFL would then step in and say,
3: uh-uh,
4: it ain't going to be Eagles and Jaguars. <laughs> can, you, can you guys imagine if the Eagles win Sunday, and then that fan base shows up here, too. Oh, gross. Guys like Don. I mean, we would be, they would infest this town. Oh, my And God. they would rub our faces in that victory every chance they got. Bar, <sighs> bars, if the Eagles make it, Bars should hire extra security. Because those bleep holes will do everything they can to torment us. There
3: you call that cheese cheesesteak. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you think you're a good team, huh? Uh-huh.
2: We beat uh-huh. you. All right, uh-huh. Eagles almost zero chance. The let's say about a twenty percent chance for the Jags. Maybe it should be a little higher, but come on, Blake Bortles. Uh and then let's say the other 80% is split evenly between the Vikings and uh Patriots. So about a 40% chance.
1: Okay. What do you think, Judd? Uh I think the uh it's mashing math on a yeah, post-it right
4: now. If I was to rank if I was to rank them in this one, I would actually give the Jaguars a 10% chance. I think the Jaguars are dead on Sunday. I don't see I don't oh, see man. them. I, I that defense is really good, but this is the Patriots, so I I don't see them being a realistic option. Uh, I would give I would get up to thirty percent by giving a twenty percent chance to the Eagles, so I'm not as down on Philadelphia as carry the four there as Dave is. So now we're at thirty percent, and uh, I gotta give I gotta give New England the better chance here, but only slightly. So I would say the Vikings get. A big piece of that pie. <laughs> like, so let's see. I'm going to go 50. I'm going to go 50. Se- Wait, hold on a second. Hold, is that in blueberries in it? Hold on a second. It's a big pie. Okay, you bleeps. All I'm saying is Just that the Vikings, on the the Vikings are favorite. second. I went to a Catholic school. They weren't good at math. They didn't teach math well, and they really whipped <laughs> oh, the on nuns? geography. Hey, I can tell you right now. I know for a fact. Catholic schools and, and geography, awful. I can't read a map to this day, okay? That's not my fault
2: not my fault i can't read a map like you know you can't i can't find the us on a map of the world
4: no i can find that but what i'm saying is back, back but before uh god bless gps i would get in my car <laughs> with a map i couldn't read it to save my life thank god for dawn she can read maps i can't you know why catholic school i don't blame the school i think i blame the uh, Oh no, user. no i blame the school no i blame the school
1: they focused more on anyway, how much shame you should feel yeah. in your daily life at a Catholic school. Yeah, you'll <laughs> those go blind, religion John, you'll go blind. <laughs> those religion classes—they're not paying off at, at 48. They don't do much for me. All right, what percentage chance do the Vikings have to win the Super Bowl?
4: Uh, I'm going to give the I'm going to give the Vikings a
1: 110. You don't have to be right. Just I'm throw a number. I'm going to
4: give the Vikings a no one's uh,
1: judge you. 60 a 60 percent chance. Wow. I said coin flip, so we're all kind of in the coin flip range. There's 60, 40, 50. It's a coin flip. You feeling lucky, kid? What's that movie with uh, uh, is it Javier Bardan where he flips the coin in the gas station and says, like, have you ever?
2: No Country the, for Old Men. No Country for oh, Old Men. That's yeah. a great yeah. that's
1: like That's like he's flipping a coin for the Vikings right now. Um. All right, let's come back because it was just announced who's refing the game, who the head official is for this game. This the makes Vikings so haven't happy. had him all year. This makes me so happy. We get him, big guns. We get him, <laughs> and we found some best of clips of this particular official. And we'll keep the yeah, we'll keep the discussion going. I know people were lined up, and uh, we were up against the clock last hour. But is there any ending to this season now that you're this far in for the Vikings? Is there any ending to this season other than a Super Bowl win that can make you feel good? that won't be soul-crushing. 646 877-615-1500. The Mackie and Judge Show rolls on.
0: Yes, sir! On
3: 1500
1: ESPN.
0: Oh my, you, that's, unbel- that's unbelievable. I'm like, I'm happy, I was sad, now. <laughs> wow! my goodness. I'm I'm shocked. I don't know what else to say. It's unbelievable.
1: Alright, good news. At least if you're just looking for more fun on Sunday when you watch the Vikings-Eagles. Ed Hockley. Head official. We get the gun show in the NFC championship game, baby. Yes, we do. Yeah, I have a question. Why do they put together all-star officiating crews? Like, instead of putting the best officiating teams that have been together all year on the field for these games they take the best individual officials apparently they do and put them together as all-star teams correct and i think that leads to just a little bit of discombobulation sometimes where there's there's missed calls or there's just different things there was a, i can't remember specifics but there was like three or four instances especially in the jaguars steelers game where i thought what is going on here how could you make that call there why don't they just put the best crews out there? Doesn't that isn't that weird to you? Uh, yes, but there's, there's some chemistry involved. Of with course, officiating. There They're convinced
4: that it's it's the right thing to reward the officials who are best at their spots. I'm with you. I think it's silly. I, I think if you determine that you have X amount of good crews, use the crews. So definitely, Ed Hockley, though, 67 year old native of Milwaukee. Don't let that bother you for one bit. He moved. He moved. I believe his family took him out west when when they when he was quite young. Mm-hmm. So don't let that bug you. Milwaukee Native did not referee a Vikings game all season long, but I did some research last night to find out the last time that we saw the gun show work a Vikings game. Wow. It was a, I believe, last n- November, U.S. Bank Stadium, 2216, the overtime loss to Detroit hmm. is the last time that we saw Ed ref a game. Did he do anything glaring in that game besides just flex his muscles on illegal touching oh, penalties? Oh, I'm sure we got explanations, right? We had to have got explanations. We always, when it comes to Ed, get explanations. Yes, uh, there are
3: penalties in the Pro Bowl. your <laughs> first defense number 24. The ball is placed at the one-yard line, first down.
1: <laughs> yes, there are penalties in the Pro Bowl.
3: There is no delay of game. We didn't let the team go because we were stretching our balls. <laughs>
4: The greatest. We're going to get this all day Sunday. On the choir play, my flag was being returned to me. It
3: was tossed back to me, at the ground. When that happened, the clock operator thought there was a penalty and stopped the clock. The clock should have continued to run. There should be 12 seconds taken off the clock. So it should be 124. Take the play clock down, 12 seconds as well.
1: You know what? He's thorough. He's thorough. He's a lawyer. Yeah.
4: Of is, that he a, is.
1: is that does he still practice law or is that in his his background somewhere? Uh the Wikipedia
4: page I found last night which I think is up to date and accurate said that I believe he began practicing law in 1980 and as far as I could tell he still does.
3: All right, here comes Hockley with the the call, the initial call. The ball was illegally touched. But it was also and it was then recovered by the kicking team. However, there was a holding by the receiving team, number 57. That penalty will be enforced from the previous spot that will replay fourth down. New England is challenging and ruling on the field, that the ball was not touched. And therefore, that the recovery was in nickel. If the ball was touched touched by the receiving team, it would be a legal recovery by New England down
1: there. yeah, so take That's that. So much information. Process that.
2: Still listed as a partner of the uh, Jones Skelton Hockley Law Firm, by the way. So, yes, oh, so still... his name
4: is in the law firm. Oh, okay. yes, he's big time. He must never sh- shut up at work, right?
1: Like all lunch, it's he's like just over over explaining his lunch. Ed, shut up. <laughs> Ed, we're on lunch. You know, I thought I was going to opt for the vegetable wrap, but I noticed that the green peppers were slightly discolored and out of season. So then I went over to the wheat bread sandwich section and decided for a turkey ham combo with brown mustard. The mustard was a little too spicy for me because I've developed some digestive issues in my older age. So I brought along some stomach medication, Pepto-Bismol. I'm, herp- I'm, I'm hoping it doesn't turn my you-know-what dark.
3: <laughs> That's Ed Hockley. <inoculate. laughs>
1: like, what is he even- All right, here comes to me with the, the, call, the initial call.
3: The ball was illegally touched. <laughs> But it was also, and it was then recovered by the kicking team. However, there was a holding by the receiving team, number 57. That penalty will be enforced from the previous spot or replay fourth down. New England is challenging and ruling on the field that the ball was not touched, and therefore that the way recovery was illegal. If the ball was touched by the receiving team, it would be a legal recovery by New England down there.
1: I want I want 10 of those on Sunday. 10 of those on Sunday. I just tried to process that. I have no idea what he said. No, I blacked out after 10 seconds. When, Football fans need it's not we don't need nuanced explanations. Just tell me what's the penalty, who's what's what's happening and where's the ball.
4: When he And s- what's the down? When he said the Patriots are challenging, I completely lost track. <laughs> And we will get those
1: all day uh, Sunday. It's amazing. We're getting a ton of feedback. I'm going to go through some tweets here because it's fun getting people's reactions to the question we posed in the in the first hour. Is there any way the season can end outside of winning a Super Bowl in a way that would make you feel good about what happened this season? Like they, they wouldn't make you feel soul crushed at the end or make you feel terrible. I can test that there's not. You may think that there is. Oh well, if they lose. Like you were kind of massaging the ending in the 9 o'clock hour. Well, if they lose like 23 to 10 and they don't blow a lead against the Patriots, then people, and I totally disagree, it's going to be devastation. Um, Let's see here. I might feel okay about aspects of the season down the line, but losing the first Super Bowl in our lifetimes at home would be crushing, Rusty says. (laughs) Gotta close the deal or it's just another huge loss. Um, another Twitter follower says, I don't care what the franchise I don't care what franchise it is, if you get to the Super Bowl and lose, all you will remember about the season for years to come is how you just lost the Super Bowl and how disappointing it was. All or nothing. Um yeah, here's Matt says, I mostly agree. Vikings losing now after that game would be somewhat of a waste. But for many, we just want to see them play in the Super Bowl and roll the dice against the Patriots. One mm-hmm. team wins, let's get that chance. And I don't think I don't think a loss in the Super Bowl or to the Eagles this upcoming weekend. I don't think it wipes away the play that we all saw last weekend. Like that play stand alone is one of the great plays in NFL history and we're always going to have that here in Minnesota. So right. that doesn't get flushed. I think it gets enhanced if they win it. But it's not. If they lose to the Patriots, in my mind, you're not going to look back and say, "Yeah." But I mean, I still feel amazing after the Stephon Diggs play. No, you're going to think, you'll "Wow!" Be disapp- you'll be disappointed. Just lost disappointed. the fifth Super Bowl in franchise history.
4: But my point is, if you if you make it, it's been so long that that there's going to be. I don't think there's going to be the same d- devastation that there's going to be if if they lose on Sunday. You're not going to. If you make the S- Super Bowl here, I think you're going to have a feeling of at least we finally made that game, and it's been so long, and there's been so many. Crushing defeats. To Collar's point on, on the show on Tuesday, where he's right, is there is a, a statue of Diggs' catch erected if they win this whole thing. That does change the entire dynamic because if you win the entire thing, you now have have
1: altered the feeling and perception of this franchise forever. Yeah, 651 646 8255 Hey, Matt, you're on the show. Gentlemen, how are you? We're good, man. What's going on with you? Not much.
5: Just uh, you know, hearing you guys talk about the um, the All Star crews that they put together for the playoffs. Um, I've been a football official for like 15 years, and I I think that there's got to be like some chemistry within the officiating crew. You know, aka you know, working together for weeks on end or years on end, right? I, I think mm-hmm. I think that. Not having that chemistry is kind of I don't know I I think that's kind of dumb. But do you, do you guys know how long they've been doing that? Like putting together crews.
4: The all-star cruising. I don't know. A while now, I believe. I'm not sure. But
5: is it? I mean, I'm with you. Yeah. That had to have been that had to have been implemented at some point, like recently, you think, or maybe even I don't know. But um, also, guys, just uh, I didn't get a chance to call on the vent line on Sunday, but I am. I am so excited. Um, I've just, I, I've, I've watched the, the Stefan Diggs catch a thousand times on loop, and I just, I'm so excited. Um, I really hope that we're not, you know, I don't think that the, the team is looking past Philadelphia, but I think a lot of fans are. Like, we got a big game this week. Um, we got to get it done. To be able to play in our own stadium when the Super Bowl would just be on freaking believable, and um, yeah, that's all I got for you guys.
1: Thanks, Matt. Yeah, it's. I think I've watched it a million times too, and I I keep watching these the fan celebration videos from when the game uh, ended. Frank, you're on with Mackie and Judd.
5: Yeah, I was going. Okay, you started talking about the referees. So, what's the NFL's leaning here? Do they want Minnesota in the <laughs> Super Bowl or don't they? Because you know as well as I do, the referees can decide if we're going to get there or not, just by every holding call that can be called on that yeah. front line.
4: So my guess is they absolutely do. Think about it: a home Super Bowl with with a feel good story at quarterback. Keenum's a great story. I mean, you can tell that story all week long, no problem. You could have Zimmer, Belichick. If you're if you're the league. A Patriots-Vikings matchup is absolutely great theater.
1: It is. It's the only—Patriots-Vikings is the only truly compelling Super Bowl matchup where you have all kinds of great storylines intertwining. If Carson Wentz was still quarterbacking the Eagles, I think I would put the Eagles a little higher up there. But because it's Nick Foles and people say, well, what about Case Keenum? Case Keenum just completed one of the most noteworthy passes in the history of the NFL. So whatever you thought about Keenum as a storyline— going into that game last week, it's up five notches from where it was. And you get the home factor. You get Mike Zimmer, defensive genius, best defense in the NFL, against Bill Belichick, offensive and defensive mastermind. I mean, hmm. there's so many stories colliding and clashing. It's just by far the best possible matchup. Keenum gives
4: you a, a 29-year-old undrafted QB who has played since week two. It's a, fant- it's a great story. It's a great story, and if you if you're the league, if you can showcase the Vikings as the first team uh, to play that game at home against the Patriots, it's ideal. Philadelphia is sort of boring, I think. They're a good team, but Nick Foles, okay, he took over late in the season. He's had his his run before and been okay, or been good at times, but he's not really a great story. If you think about the amount of the amount of things that you could set up. From the Viking storyline, it's really compelling.
1: Well, to answer Frank's call, it was a conspiracy theory call. Are the official I don't. I don't believe that NFL officials are told. Okay, we need this team to go in. I don't. I mean, would it shock me? I guess if, if, if in a dark room somewhere, the head of the officiating was told we could really, really use these two teams in. But for the you know for the Super Bowl purposes, it's you're going to get half the country watching regardless of who's in. I mean, even if it's. Buzz killed Jaguars and Eagles. It's going to do a crazy rating because it's the Super Bowl, right? Terrible Super Bowl. Um, but if Frank's conspiracy theory was true, mm-hmm. the officials would lean Vikings. I think they'd lean Vikings, um, but I don't think that that happens. I just don't.
4: Uh, so. To an- answer the previous caller's question, the uh, the change in officiating assignments for the playoffs began in the 2003 into the 4 season.
1: Okay. So they... they Went to all-star crews starting then. Okay. Dave, what kind of stuff do you have for us coming back here?
2: Really interesting and really good stuff. We've got uh, a new bobsled team. We've got some Big Ben trolling and Kevin Harlan like you've never heard him before. Boom.
3: We've got some big news. Mackie and Judd now
1: continue. Can you smell it? On 1500 ESPN.
2: And Stuff You Should Know About is sponsored by La Quinta Inns and Suites. How do you win on the road? Stay at La Quinta Inns and Suites. Enjoy stylish lobbies and exciting room renovations. Book now at LQ.com. Woo! In sports, there's a lot of stuff you should simply be
3: aware of. There was stuff going on that no one talked about. pretty heavy stuff. Let me show you some stuff. I
0: don't do that stuff
6: no more. This stuff can give you brain damage.
3: And then there's the stuff you should know about.
2: A... Lots of great stuff. This is the fun stuff. I love this stuff. Good stuff. Man, this stuff's good. This is that kind of stuff. I want to check that stuff out. Mackie and Judd now continues. This is very serious stuff we're talking about here. With stuff you
3: should know about. Dave, what
4: good stuff do you have for us today?
2: I've got good stuff, but uh, let's just start with the horrible stuff, I guess, is the only way to describe it. The Larry Nasser stuff in the courtroom yesterday was being addressed by all sorts of victims. Uh, he, of course, the doctor for the US gymnastics team, and there's over well over 100 accusations against him for abuse, sexual abuse, child pornography. Uh, I believe the first person to address him was Kyle Stevens, former gymnast. Uh, at the age of six, she claims was the first time that she was sexually abused by Larry Nasser. And if this doesn't break your heart, unbelievable. Here you go.
6: After my parents confronted you, they brought you back to my house to speak with me. Sitting on my living room couch, I listened to you tell me no one should ever do that. And if they do, you should tell someone. Well, Larry, I'm here not to tell someone, but to tell everyone. You convinced my parents that I was a liar. You used my body for six years. For your own sexual gratification that is unforgivable i've been coming for you for a long time i've told counselors your name in hopes that they would report you i have reported you to child protective services twice i gave a testament to get your medical license revoked you were first arrested on my charges and now as the only non-medical victim to come forward I testified to let the world know that you are a repulsive liar and that those treatments were pathetically veiled sexual abuse. Perhaps you have figured it out by now, but little girls don't stay little forever. They grow into strong women that return to destroy your world.
1: Yeah, I, I was talking a day before the show. I mean, there's a million different angles, and it's this is all terrible. And USA Gymnastics is going to have to answer a bunch of questions, and you know, some of these colleges, Michigan, Michigan State, State yeah. How is it that people just malfunction to become what Larry Nassar became, or serial killers? it's isn't that crazy? Just the people just yep. it's like they're. It's like they're short circuited yep. at some point at birth or something. Yep. and I don't know, man. It's weird that that just kills you though i mean oh
2: god she, yes.
4: and, and and i guess at some point and i i think it was when she was uh talking about this yesterday she went on to say that her father committed suicide based on the guilt he felt for for the the, the fact that, that her mom and dad didn't believe her yeah
2: that's, That's exactly just and there's so sad. Allie Raceman was on uh, outside the lines yesterday basically saying USA Gymnastics doesn't give a bleep. Yep. They've told everyone to shut up. They just want to they want more medals and more money. That's blah, what blah, blah, kills blah. me about this. Yeah. That's
4: what kills me uh, is, is that these kids these kids trusted that process. Yeah,
2: they kept saying oh, you know, we are investigating, quiet. just shut up about it. Don't say yeah, anything because you know yeah. it'll ruin the investigation and you know they believe that that was complete crap, which it probably was. <gasps> Now on to more interesting, and well, not more interesting, but at least more fun Uplifting? stuff. Uplifting stuff. Sure. Who loves a good baby race? Halftime of a basketball game, you know, a bunch of dads bring out the babies, and the moms are 20 feet away, and you see who can crawl the mom fastest, Ah, huh? Who loves that? They had one at Ole Miss, Ole Miss Saturday.
3: No, that's Sophie taking the lead. Jr. gonna push now in lane five. We've got a photo finish coming. Who wants it more? And a winner! In lane five
2: is Jr. Now that's great, but you know it's even better when that same race then is called by Kevin Harlan. He does change the name <laughs> no of way. one baby Jr. to Abigail, but that's just fine with me.
3: Here goes baby Abigail. She's on top with those wonderful. Oh, look at her move as she accelerates and takes it for the win. Oh, what a run! <laughs>
4: He's the greatest.
1: Oh, baby, what a race! <laughs>
2: That's I pretty good. The best, man. Somebody called him the glow puck of musical acts yesterday, which I thought was perfect considering Kid Rock has been named as the entertainment for the NHL All-Star Game. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Roenick, however, loves himself some Kid Rock.
4: I say that Kid Rock is the most talented musician I think, ever on the planet because you can put any instrument in your hand or, or on your mouth and you can play anything and rock a house and
1: sing any kind of genre. Where, where does that come from and, and, and how much you practice using all these different instruments? Because you're unreal. Yeah, jack of all trades, master of
2: none, I think is how they say it. <laughs> I don't know if you caught that. Greatest musician ever yes, on, the, on planet. the planet ever. Yeah,
1: that's uh, it's a little over the top, although I will <laughs> say ironic. I've never been a huge kid rock fan, but I got free tickets to a kid rock concert with Bob Seeger at the XL Energy Center like three or four years ago. It was really good, it was a really good concert. He mm-hmm. did a kid rock, did a bunch of I mean, he did like all of his songs, the bow it to Ba song and stuff, but he did a bunch of covers and he got Bob Seeger to rap and drop f bombs at one point, like it was. It was an entertaining, fun show. I'd stop short of calling him <laughs> yeah. the greatest musician the of all time ever,
2: hands down. <laughs> Beethoven, yeah. crap. Yeah. Uh, no,
4: no, for crap. No, they're, they're fine. They just can't compare to I don't Did
1: Be- Did Beethoven ever put together a, a, a symphony like, "Bow, wa da ba da bang da bang diggy 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 said the boogie said up jump the boogie No? Yeah. You
2: okay. actually went through that whole thing, huh? <gasps> We can move on now. Yeah, we really, really Power should. Buy, thanks for that, Dave. I, bl- I blame digi, you digi for starting this. Okay, thanks, Bill. So. Get some cold cuts. Get some cold cuts. Get some cold cuts. Woo!
4: I wanted to expand on the legacy that the men in 1988 bred with Tal Stokes and his brother Chris Stokes and Devin Harris and the whole team throughout
6: the 90s. Um, and I never looked at it as a woman thing, I just looked at it more of like building on that legacy to prove 30 years later. Now we've
4: expanded the team. It's not just about four men. We have a two-man team, a women's team, a skeleton team now, and athletes that are embracing all of
6: the sliding sports.
1: It's going to be Jamaica, right? Well
2: done. 1988, uh, cool runnings. Very good, yes. We have our first Jamaican female bobsled team. That was Jasmine Fenlater. She actually used to sled for the U.S., but her father is from uh, Jamaica. Mm -hmm. So now she's on the two-person Jamaican bobsled team making their Olympic debut upcoming. And apparently there's a bobsled team from Ethiopia, too. First African team ever.
1: You know, when we rank sports movie figures why doesn't john candy's role in cool runnings get more love he absolutely one should. of the great sports Candy.
2: movie coaches of all time your father ran the 110 seconds <laughs> i ran it in nine nine <laughs> <laughs> that's all he needed he was convinced just like that uh big ben has had some trouble with the jaguars as you probably know this year losing twice a lot of turnovers thankfully sinati's bakery in jacksonville is there to help him out with this note accompanying a box of seven apple turnovers Please enjoy these seven turnovers as a thank you for the seven turnovers you gave us. Sincerely, the city of Jacksonville. Wow. Mailed to Ben Roethlisberger, Hinesfield, 100 Art Rooney Avenue, Pittsburgh, PA. Blah, That's blah, blah. a troll job. And Ben ate them all. <laughs> ben took all seven
4: and just said, okay, and just devoured them all. Le'Veon wow.
2: Bell comes over for a, get off
4: yeah,
1: my turnovers.
4: You oh. Haley's not, you're, you're not getting a turnover
1: either. Actually, Dave's Ben Roethlisberger voice sounds a lot like Harrison Ford in Air Force One. Get off, get off my
6: turnovers.
2: <laughs> the worst part of that movie. It was a decent movie up until that line, The too. cheesy line at the end. Oh, so you, bad. You, 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 didn't ruined like the entire you didn't like the line? No, I hate the horribly cheesy line. It, oh, was, a little, it was a little
1: corny. Well, the, the the other one, there was a bunch of great movies like that in the mid-'90s with corny uh, dialogue. Con Air, oh God. where Nicolas Cage says, <laughs> put the bunny down. And then he winds up scuffling and killing the guy. I told you to put the the bunny (laughs) down.
2: Don't treat women like that. Yeah, that's the other great line. Hey, uh, do you want to do a mock draft? Well, we're focused on the Eagles here. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. You
1: can always do a mock draft. Do
2: you think we should mock? I think you guys should keep
1: your eyes on the ball here. No,
2: I want to know. E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles. Where's the thing? Where's the thing? Where's the official deal, Phil? I
4: want to mock!
2: Mock! I want I mean, I just happened to come across one from Fan Cited, Wow. And I clicked through all the slides just for you guys. So I thought maybe you'd be interested. I am definitely. It just so happens the 31st pick uh-huh. is Ronnie Harrison, defensive back, Alabama. He goes to the New England Patriots. Oh, I like wow. how this is going We on, have right another Man. publication, boys, who wow. say the Vikings are picking su-
4: 32nd you're your Super Bowl champion, Minnesota Vikings, in a,
2: who are going to go back-to-back. Who do they pick? They are getting a dual-threat athlete, boys. Somebody who can play both ways. Defensive tackle slash sometimes he catches uh, touchdown passes. Shohei Otani? No. no. at all. Sorry, oh, he plays no. both no, okay. guys. Wrong sport. No, in national semifinal games, Deron Payne. Alabama. I want to mock! Mock! That'd be fun.
3: I want you, mark. Mark. Going back to
1: mock! Going back-to-back right there, right? Uh, th- that would be fun. Fat guy touchdowns on both sides of the ball would be, uh, yeah. would be a lot of fun. I love fat guy touchdowns. Um, we still have ahead Kevin Gorg's debut on the Mackey and Judd show in about a half hour. Mike Golick, Jr., We have a tale of the tape between Philadelphia and, well, between the Eagles and the Vikings. Not just this season, but historically. If you look at those two franchises, it's really interesting. And uh, we could even sprinkle in a little bit of Wolves because they got into a fight last night and Jimmy Butler was mad after the game. So Mackie and Judd. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. They're running a strange program, y'all. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN.
2: This Saturday, you can join Chris Reavers at Lacan's Marine in Faribault between 10 a.m. and noon for their January open house. Stop into Lacan's uh, Marine anytime now before the end of the month for exclusive boating fun featuring select fishing boats, outboards, pontoons, seminars, and more. Get details at 1500ESPN.com keyword events.
3: Oh my goodness. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. We got, we got gonna... some heated exchanges going on here. Aflalo and Billy. This has been brewing for a while. And Aflalo is hot.
5: I told you Billy's no punk. He had Aaron Aflalo in a headlock. And he was going to break his neck. I was just trying, you know, to protect myself, first of all. And to help him. I mean, to, to calm him down. Because he was wild. I don't know what, what, what's wrong with, with that guy, but... Um, And at that point, I mean, if you attack me like that, I just have to protect myself or my family and, you know, everybody who knows me, they know I'm, like, calm, calm,
1: calm guy. I know, I'm guessing people are so (laughs) caught up in the Vikings, a lot of people may not have watched that Wolves game last night, but we just had a conversation on this show yesterday because the Clippers players tried to, or the there was a big brawl, like, you know, the Rockets, the Rockets players, Chris Paul, were going to go into the Clippers locker room. They, and they tried got to in breach there. the locker room. We were did. saying NBA fights are such a joke because no one ever actually wants to fight. It's all just talk, and then it's hold me back. That Aaron Aflalo punch, mm-hmm. he didn't land it on Bielitsa. He barely grazed the chin, maybe, of Bielitsa, but it was an all-out Ivan Drago haymaker and, and B-Elites is lucky he's taller than a Aflalo. Mm-hmm. If that punch would have landed, it wasn't like a hold-me-back punch. It was a full-on... Oh, no, he took a whole it punch. It would have him, yeah. maybe knocked him out cold in the middle of the arena. That
4: is a bench-clearing brawl punch. Oh,
1: my if God. That, if
4: that connects, they, there is there is no stopping a full-out brawl, I don't think. No, there would have been, there would have been all kinds of ramifications.
1: But here's my question. So I know that there was a double technical earlier, and so they... Bielitsa got a second technical for that altercation. If you, I watched that play ten times last night. If one guy throws a wild haymaker at the other guy, and I think they both had a technical going into that play. If one guy throws a wild haymaker and the other guy backs off and just kind of grabs him, puts him in a headlock, just to, but he wasn't like putting him in a headlock, Nolan Ryan style in the early '90s to try and swing him around and. Yeah, he literally he just put him in a headlock and put his other arm in the air to say, "Hey, I'm be, I'm being peaceful. I just don't want to get destroyed here." Yep. Doesn't there have to be a separation of the level of punishment that okay, one guy probably deserves to be kicked out and suspended for multiple games. The other guy doesn't deserve the same in-game punishment, right? Well,
4: and, and then didn't they go and and look at the play for a lengthy period of time? Yeah. So what did they see that Bialica did? I mean, I saw him take he he sort of threw his he sort of threw his hand and then headlocked him. So I don't know what they saw, but why, gave him a shove. Why was follow so upset though? Like this is They were,
1: were, were jawing early in the game. There was like a buildup early in the game, but like okay. but to get that mad, it was it was. But, I mean, really this weird.
4: is no, yeah. n- normal NBA stuff, right? I mean, and, guys so,
1: jaw a lot, and guys get and guys
4: certainly go back and forth physically.
1: So what led to it was like well there was jawing, and they kind of you know they had you kind know, of a verbal altercation earlier in the game, sure. and then right before he swung the punch. There was a rebound opportunity, and Bialita kind of put his elbow into Aflalo's back to clear him out a little bit. It might—you could have called a foul on so He kind of, he kind of put his elbow in Aflalo's back to get position. And it was kind of a shoved shot. him forward. It
2: was very unnecessary. It was definitely a foul. He sure. shoved him.
1: But the reaction back, you thought well, maybe he'll just get shoved back. Instead, it was full-on haymaker and almost decapitated him. Yeah, that was so, a heck of a punch. This was Jimmy Butler after the game.
0: We need to humble our damn selves. I'm glad we. F- Loss. Coming here on our high horse thinking we're a really good team and we haven't done anything yet. Uh, good for us, man. Um, they played better than us. They played harder than we did. They did everything right. We didn't play the way we were supposed to, and uh, they whooped our ass. Um, I think we were comfortable. Um, we didn't do what we were supposed to do. We didn't play hard. We didn't rebound. We didn't guard. We didn't execute. We didn't do anything. We was going through the motions out there. Um, and when you do that, in this league, you could be by anybody, everybody could could feel it um, yesterday um, and shoot around this morning. And you know when you you're on the road, out of all things, and you just go against a team that just plays so hard. Um, it's hard. It's hard if you don't do everything you're supposed to do and play hard as well.
4: Yeah, he did awesome, not man. play well himself, correct?
0: Uh, he was, yeah, Fournier I mean,
4: had a big night against him, I believe. So it I was, yeah,
1: it was. I, I guess. It was an annoying loss for sure, but they mm-hmm. built up so much great equity in the last two weeks by beating the crap out of the Cavs and the Thunder. They had so many big wins. They smoked Portland. So it, it's annoying that they go in and they kind of have a letdown against one of the worst teams in the NBA. Like
4: the Nets game was.
1: Yeah, Those are bad losses. You definitely shouldn't be losing those games. But I would say you probably shouldn't be beating the Cavs by thirty points either. Mm -hmm. This team has crazy swings. Yeah, they're to be up by forty points on the Cavs and then lose to both the Nets and the Magic all in the same two week stretch is kind of baffling. Well, and when they play bad, they're awful. Like the Pistons loss,
4: the Pacers loss. Like they just don't. They don't lose normal. Okay, we played hard and we had a decent game, but but we lost. Their defeats seem to be these oh my gosh, that's ugly to watch. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's but just uh they got to engage five in the games.
1: So all right, good stuff. Five minutes of wolves. Look at that. Our wolves talk, by the way, is uh, always sponsored by TCL TV's plenty more wolves studio. talk to come, Phil Mackey. But not today. No, not not this week. Not today. And perhaps not for the next two weeks. It's all about the purple. In fact, if you look at the Vikings historically and this season, you might as well be looking at the Eagles. Let's talk about that. We can take more of your Vikings phone calls, 651-646-8255, 877-615-1500.